I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Today's discussion is about the prophet Enoch. There are not very many current Christian churches that have a lot to say about Enoch. And frankly, not too many Jewish congregations either. Why? Because you only find a little bit about him in the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 5, starting in verse 18 and going through verse 24, you have a few brief mentions about Enoch, where he fit in the early lineage from Adam And we also learn about him a bit more in the New Testament. For example, in Luke chapter 3, verse 37, Enoch was a great individual in early Christianity, somewhat lost to Christianity today, which is somewhat of a tragedy. Latter-day Saints have more dealings with Enoch than probably most other Christians because he's mentioned in more detail in the book of Moses in the Pearl of Great Price. We do know that in early Christianity, Enoch was considered a great person because in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, we have him described that way. But we don't have too many details about his ministry, just that he was a great man. In Jude chapter 1, verse 14, we have this quotation, uh, more or less, about Enoch or from Enoch, but we don't have much more. We have references to him in the Doctrine and Covenants in section 107, starting at verse 48. And then, as I mentioned, the Pearl of Great Price. We have Moses chapter 6 and 7, which deal fairly extensively, all things considered, with Enoch and about his city of Zion, which was taken into heaven. We ought to, therefore, think of him as a great person. But there are many people that don't know too much about him or in what way they ought to see him as a great person. And so my goal today is to shed a little bit more light about some other sources that you may be able to take a look at so that you can learn more about Enoch if you so choose. And if not, you'll learn a little bit more just from this show. So what can we say about Enoch? We know that he's been kind of a lost prophet in Christianity for about 15 centuries. It's been about that long since any of the Christian churches have had his 
book, The Book of Enoch. Now, some listeners might say, wait a minute, Book of Enoch, I didn't know about that. Well, more about that in a minute. We know that the first century and perhaps a little bit after that, Christians knew about the Book of Enoch and used it. It was rediscovered about 200 years ago, and the English translation has been available for a century. But it's still hardly known at all outside of scholarly circles where people read it and, frankly, speculate about exactly what it means. And in a way, that's kind of sad because it's long been understood to be one of the most important of the Jewish writings from the New Testament period. And the reason it's so fascinating is because it's a Jewish writing, but it was understood and used, and it's the most quoted book in the New Testament canon outside of the other New Testament books. Why is it not used so much now, even though we found copies of the book of Enoch? I think the answer is that it's so hard to understand. You think Isaiah is difficult? Well, the book of Enoch is even more so because the metaphors used in it in the context are so much more difficult to decipher. When fragments of the book of Enoch were found as part of the Dead Sea Scrolls collection, people realized for the first time that the book of Enoch really was a really, really ancient text. That happened, of course, in 1952, at least the finding of the book of Enoch amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls were found a little bit earlier than that. But until 1952 in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the book of Enoch was thought to be a later work, something that perhaps early Christians had made or early Jews at the time of Christ uh, that 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 kind of a book, it wasn't thought of as being very, very old, but the Dead Sea Scrolls changed all of that. And because of its context in the Dead Sea Scrolls, we know that the Book of Enoch could be as old as some of the very oldest of the books in the Old Testament. It's really quite fascinating. I, I want to mention a little bit about Enoch and about his writings today and where you could get a copy if you so desire. Enoch is based upon a number of different—well, it's divided into five basic parts, and one of the most fascinating deals with the origins of evil from a little bit different angle than we find in Genesis. If you ask most Christians, where did evil come from? They'll tell you the story about Adam and Eve and the temptation of the serpent and being tossed out of the Garden of Eden. And that temptation and committing sin brought evil into the world, those kinds of things. Well, the book of Enoch doesn't say that's not true or anything of that nature, but it does have an earlier idea of evil, and you say, how could something be earlier than the beginning of Genesis? Well, it talks about evil as something which has always existed because it's an opposite. Now, that should ring fascinatingly true for Latter-day Saints when they compare it to the book of Jacob in the Book of Mormon. 
Enoch is, of course, the seventh from the generation of Adam, as we're told in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. But there is really no book of the prophet Enoch in the Old Testament at all. Until recently, nobody even knew about Enoch, other than, as I mentioned in Genesis 5, other than that he was the son of Jared, the father of Methuselah, that he walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. But even that was a bit cryptic. A lot of other Christians don't really know what that means. And some translate the idea of God took him as angels took him. It, it's fascinating. Enoch is said to be revealed in the last days as a messenger of judgment in the book of Enoch, and that's one of the early Jewish traditions. In the old Jewish traditions, Elijah and Enoch both share this role. As a matter of fact, when you get to the book of Revelation, the two prophets that lie in the streets and come back in the last day are associated with Elijah and Enoch, they are said to have come back from heaven and walk among the children of men in the last days and prophesy, and then they're killed in the streets and are brought back to life. Because of that, we have this similarity, this great similarity between Christian beliefs that all would be well for him at the time of the second coming and some of the Jewish beliefs that had Elijah and Enoch coming back at the time of the coming of the Messiah. So in that way, early Jewish converts to Christianity saw the book of Revelation as a very Jewish book and as describing two prophets they actually knew quite well, although not by name, being Elijah and Enoch. When we come back, more about Enoch. Stay tuned. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Our discussion today centers around Enoch, who he was, and his writings, which are largely unknown to most of Christianity. And those who do know that the book of Enoch has been found in several different uh, contexts often are sort of reticent to discuss it much because they don't understand it well. It's a very difficult book to comprehend. It talks about giants and angels and things like we read about in Genesis 6. But there is also a great message in it. Early Christian tradition thought of Enoch as a great scribe. Paul describes how he was taken up into heaven, he being Paul in this case, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 through 4, and an angel there introduced him to Enoch, the scribe of justice. Enoch is also 
described in early Christianity, as I mentioned, as one of the two prophets who opposed the Antichrist in Revelation chapter 11, starting in verse 3. In other words, one of the two witnesses. They're killed, they're raised to life, they're taken into heaven, which is reminiscent of how Enoch and Elijah left the earth in the very first place. One of the fascinating parts about the book of Enoch is how it has been rediscovered and about its contents. And so let's take a minute or two and talk a bit about the book of Enoch and how it was rediscovered. Enoch is a a book that was discovered basically after it was found in Africa, which is kind of a fascinating thing. Um, what happens is that there is there is a scholar and an explorer, and his name was James Bruce. And he set out in travels in 1768, and he landed in Ethiopia on September... Uh, 1st of 1769. And he describes in his journals how after traveling around amongst Christian civilizations and groups in Ethiopia, he was quite surprised and found that there were many, many Christians there and that he, in looking at the Christian church copies of the Old Testament discovered that they had in them the book of Enoch the prophet. And he wondered how had the book of Enoch managed to stay in the Old Testament as part of the Old Testament in Christianity, in the Bible, in Africa, when it hadn't in any other place. Now, nobody really knows the answer to that. But there are some intriguing ideas from from history. One is that there's, of course, always been this great tie-in between Alexandria, Egypt, and Christianity. David and Solomon and many others had ties as, as well as Moses did with the Egyptians. And Egypt is right there on the edge between the Middle East and Africa. We have traditions that say that King Solomon had mines that were actually located in Africa, although no one knows for sure. There's some early Christian traditions that say that Matthew preached in northern Africa in the areas where the Book of Enoch has now been found. There are other traditions that discuss the Apostle Bartholomew treat, uh, preaching there. And so this idea of Christianity and its ties with Ethiopia and the Book of Enoch aren't so strange as they might sound. As this Scottish explorer James Bruce traveled in Ethiopia, he collected as many manuscripts as he was able to purchase of the Book of Enoch, and he commissioned a number of different scribes to copy them so that he could bring them back when he returned to England. In his journal, 
called The Travels to Discover the Source of the Nile. In Volume 7, which was published in Edinburgh in 1804, we find this entry, quote, December 12th, 1770, Waleta Yusos, the younger, has undertaken to, sorry, I need to turn the page here, has undertaken to write the books of Joshua and Judges and has received three queries of four leaves, each and two salts on account of his pay. And then he goes on to say, Quote, amongst the articles I consigned to the Library of Paris. Now, this is after he had all these um, items written, and then he went back to uh, Europe. He says, amongst the articles I consigned to the Library of Paris was a very beautiful and magnificent copy of the Prophecies of Enoch in large quarto. Another is amongst the books of Scripture, which I brought home, standing immediately before the book of Job, which is its proper place. He's saying that in the Old Testaments that he found there in Ethiopia, the order was Enoch was right before the book of Job. And then he talks about how he also presented another copy to the Bodleian Library in Oxford. And he gave that to Dr. Douglas, who was the Bishop of Carlisle at the time. And he gives a brief resume of the book of Enoch in his journal and talks about how the angels fall in love with the daughters of men, had children with them. He talks about giants. He goes into the translation of First Enoch, and he goes on and discusses other things. If you are interested in a book of Enoch, there are now three different versions which you could find. One of them derives from this Scottish, from English translations of this book of Venic that the Scottish explorer James Bruce bought, brought back from his excursions and travels to, uh, uh, to Africa. There are other sources that have been found. One I mentioned was in the Dead Sea Scrolls collection, and there are also other translations from a few other sources, which I won't take time to go into. But the fascinating part of all of this is that if you look at the contents of the book of Enoch, what you will find is that it is divided into five sections. And these five sections are the watchers, the similitudes, the astronomy book, the book of dreams, and the epistle of Enoch. All have been found as fragments of the Dead Sea Scroll, except for the similitude section. So we have four out of the five. And the reason they resonated so much with the early Christian community is that the book of Enoch speaks in great detail about a person called the Son of Man. And that is, of course, the phrase that Jesus used more than any other to describe himself. And as a result of that, early Christians believed that Enoch had seen Jesus in the future and had described his work and his ministry 
and his second coming, which was also described in the book of Revelation. Well, I hope this helps a little bit with your understanding about the book of Enoch. It's found all over the place. You could find it at all good bookstores and on Amazon and a whole bunch of different sources. Um, If you have questions about the book of Enoch or the better sources, send me an email to martinstanner at gmail.com. Join me again next week. This is Religion Today. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.